1: Welcome back into another Fizzcast. Jaron May here with Gil Gross this time, and we're breaking down the SU Top 100 list that the Orange Fizz is going through for the next couple weeks. Make sure you go check out all of our articles at orangefizz.net, and check out our Twitter page at Orange Fizz, where we are releasing all of those articles, as well as these Fizzcasts. And of course, go listen to all the previous Fizzcasts, and we will be releasing future Fizzcasts by going to SoundCloud and searching Orange Fizz. But today we will be breaking down numbers 80 to 71, the third grouping so far in this SU Top 100 list. And Gail, before we even hop into 80, I know you need to pick a bone, so I'll hand it over to you. What has what really uh, got you going today?
0: You're annoying me, Jared. No, just kidding. Here's the, <laughs> here's the thing. So I've been I've been listening, of course, and I got to say I was a little bit ticked off just looking at the list with this, but here's the thing you cannot punish basketball players for leaving Syracuse early if they're high draft picks and they have good NBA careers. And I okay. think the the best example so far is Wesley Johnson. And um, I, I think you and Thomas both agreed that, okay, it's a one-and-done guy, and that's probably why he's so low. I, I mm-hmm. think that's completely unfair. He was the fourth overall pick. You're literally punishing him for being good, too good.
1: Yeah, okay, all right. Um, so basically how I thought of it is, is not that he is, uh, it was a bad decision. I think that it's just because when you look at SU and the best athletes of all time, and that's what we're ranking here on the SU top 100 it's just because he only had whether he's a one and done or it's another example where they had two years. It's just there are other athletes that might have had a better SU career because they have those four years. It's not a knock on the player and they should have they should have gone to the draft like Wesley Johnson. It's just that because there are so many greats and if you're great for four years, I'm going to put that that player that's great for four years above the player that's great for one year.
0: I got into this on on Fizz Radio last week as well. I almost feel like I'm the only person who voted holistically in terms of what players did after Syracuse. Like that counts mm. for me. I feel like you're okay. still representing the orange after you leave. You know, so I think a guy who 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 goes to the draft and busts, I penalize that. If someone goes to the pros mm. and represents the orange really well, I'm going to reward that. So when it comes to a guy like Wes Johnson, I I'm really looking at it as he is one of the best basket. He's better than the 89th best athlete in Syracuse history. He, he's higher than that. He's better than that. He just didn't okay. right. He just didn't accomplish right. as much. But maybe I'm in the right. minority. I think a lot of staff members were just really looking at what these players accomplished while they were wearing orange
1: yeah and then there are some staff members like tyler rocky who's our associate editor right now um who thinks that jim Bayheim is the best <laughs> athlete in su history but we digress and let's actually get into 80 to 71 here on this fizz again jaron may with gil gross and number 80 dylan donahue the men's lacrosse star from a couple years ago um, he was an attacker. He was a great career throughout the, the couple of years that he was at SU. And I think that uh, the 80 spot for him, he's he's definitely good, but I don't think you can put him above any of the other top men's lacrosse players that have gone through the Syracuse program.
0: So uh, are you are you good with 80?
1: I am good with
0: 80. Me as well. I really like that 50-goal milestone that he reached in 2015, I think as an attacker, that's something that you're always striving for, that 50-goal mark, and uh, when he did it in 2015, he was the first to do it since Tom Marachek in 1991. Now, he doesn't have a national title, and that's something that, mm-hmm. as we'll see, there's a lot of lacrosse players in, in this 10. You know, with with such a storied program, you got he's competing against a lot of players who do have those titles, but uh, in 2013, when he played Duke in the National Championship, he did have three goals and an assist, so... Uh, at least he had a decent game
1: right and that's kind of why at least so far we haven't seen too many recent players uh, recent men's lacrosse players on this list so far because recently I mean their last championship was in the early 2000s in 2008 um, I'm pretty sure it was 2008 if I if I remember correctly so if you mm-hmm. don't have those national championships and then you go up against guys like the Gates and the Powells that do have championships and that have comparable stats, then you're obviously going to give the nod to the guys with the championship. So Dylan Donahue at number 80, I'm i I'm okay with right there because I think he does deserve to be on the list, but I think 80 is a good spot for him. Any higher, and I would have had a little gripe to pick.
0: Yeah, and last thing, he's seventh in program history and goals. That'll, that'll get you pretty far. So he was a really good player. But uh, above him, what do you know? Someone with two championships, and that is Rick Beardsley. He won in '93 uh, and '95 as a sophomore and a senior. And uh, this is, you know, one of the one of those defensemen who are just mainstays, just a, a four-year All-American guy, which is a pretty incredible thing to accomplish.
1: Yeah, and uh, if if no one got the reference a little earlier, uh, the woo is obviously, if you ever have listened to um, some Syracuse men's lacrosse on the radio, he is the color analyst, um, and he always does that after every single goal. So, yes, he was a great defenseman, and I think it's hard to rank. Uh, lacrosse defenseman because you can say he has so many cost turnovers and he has so many ground balls but when you really are looking at the best of the best you always want to put those attackmen and the goal scorers above the defenseman but Rick Beardsley was a big part of that those championship winning teams um and again he's another player that deserves to be in the top 100 i again i agree with this one i've had some problems with some of our rankings before but 79 for him uh is pretty good because he's not a crazy athletic kind of guy that's going to jump out of the building or be the fastest guy on the field but he was a staunch defenseman that could absolutely get you a stop when you needed it and at least when my, when I was trying to go through this list and try to compare the men's lacrosse defensive guys, I was thinking Nick Mellon, Rick Beardsley, a couple other names would come up. And Beardsley, I think, is heads and, head and shoulders above the Mellon and some of the other guys. So I think 79 is a good spot for him. Yeah, I
0: agree. And it is hard to gauge the defenseman, but one thing you can look at is their uh, postseason honors. I think that's a good indication when you have media members and coaches just basically watching every game and voting. And Beardsley, as a senior, I mentioned all four years, uh, he he had some kind of All-American honor. As a freshman, he was an honorable mention. Uh, but by, by senior year, he was first-team All-American on a team that won the national championship. And you, you really just can't ask for much more than that.
1: Right. Right, okay. All right, let's keep moving down the list. Coming in at seventy eight is a recent football guy, a consensus all American, a Ray Guy Award candidate and finalist, Sterling Hofrichter. Um, the punter, obviously, who just got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, comes in at 78 on our SU Top 100 list here on the Fizz. And I think that it, it's kind of like a defenseman in lacrosse. It's hard to gauge uh, where special teams guys should go in a list of a bunch of crazy athletic players, uh, both men's and women's, uh, on the women's side as well. So Hoffrichter he was amazing at his position. he was one of the best if not the best you can have that debate um, at his position in SU history at 78 though like is he kind of like what you were saying before is he better than Wesley Johnson or is he better than some of the other <laughs> names that have that have come up on this list? So even though Sterling Hofrichter stayed all the way through and I made that argument that I uh, I award that, I also think that the one year of Wesley Johnson was better than a punter that could just pin some people down deep like that. I, I don't really know how to rank a, a punter.
0: Sure, you know, I really I really appreciate Hoffrichter's junior season, and I think he deserves a lot of points for that because if you look at that ten win year, special teams was a huge part of it. I mean, the special teams unit. In every efficiency metric, you know, whether it be net yards or just special teams efficiency, they were top 30 at times. They were in the top 10. This was a dominant special teams unit. So I look at Hofrichter along with Andre Schmidt as as kind of the two dominant parts of that entire unit, which was a huge reason Syracuse got to 10 wins. It's better than they've done in a really, really long time. So I do think that you can kind of measure Hofrichter's effect in that respect. Um, I mean, Syracuse was just that entire season. They were dominating field position because of how great the special teams were. So look, you can go, you can go down the list and it'll be a while until we stop saying like, Oh, well, I don't think that he's better than Louis or, or Wesley Johnson. I feel like those are the two that have been uh <laughs> consensus under but, uh, at the end of the day, uh, I like Hofrichter here because he was really one of the best in the country at his job for quite a while, and he's an NFL okay. guy. All
1: right, so here, answer me this question: okay. Would you would you rather, or where would you rank Sterling Hofrichter compared to Riley Dixon? Who deserves to be higher on the list?
0: Hmm. I mean, I haven't, I haven't dug into the Dixon numbers. You know, I. This is, the, this is something where it's so specialized, where you really could see. Like, you could look at their uh, percent inside the 20 uh, <laughs> metrics and, and all that. Oh, my but God. But again, no, you could. <laughs> and that would be the only way. It's a very specialized thing. But again, I don't think that Riley Dixon was a part of any year as special as that 2018-10 win season that Hofrichter was such a big part of.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just— i. I almost fall asleep when you start talking about stats on if they could land the ball within I don't the blame you. yard line. I don't blame oh, okay. you. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving.
0: <laughs> Number 77 is a goaltender, John Galloway, the most winningest tender in Syracuse history, a record of 59 and 8. Uh, Absolute yeah. dynamite between the pipes.
1: Yeah, I think in, Galloway is a guy that. This this is the same conversation before where the men's lacrosse program has so many great players, just like the men's basketball, just like the men, uh, just like the football and just like the women's uh, lacrosse. Like there are just so many great players that it's hard to rank them all. But Galloway was hands down the best goalkeeper in SU men's lacrosse history. And he was also better at his position than some of the attackers that are going to be on this list down the line that have beat him out um, and are higher on the list. So I think Galloway at 77 is a steal. Like if this was a fantasy draft and I could get him at 77, that would be absolutely amazing because like you said, he his stats back it up. I don't have any of the specific numbers to, to say that, but his stats back it up. He was an absolute monster in cage and when you look when you think of like the two main goalies um uh, in Syracuse lacrosse history John Galloway is number 1 um and i i'm blanking on the on the second name but he he was the guy in net for Syracuse
0: yeah i feel like Galloway could probably be higher here i uh, he won titles in 08 and 09 um i mean the record is just insane as i said at the top 59 and 8 but you look at his production in the tournament Guess his goals against average, because because you just said you don't you don't have his uh, his career stat. So I want you to take a stab at it in okay, the tournament.
1: That's a, all right, um, maybe like six point four. Ah,
0: you made it look. You, you went lower, seven twenty. But that's the best in Syracuse okay. history. I mean, that's a okay. you know I I love that when you win titles two when you win two titles and your goals against in the tournament is seven twenty as a goaltender. I mean that means every big game you you pretty much show up. Um, and he also was a male athlete of the year as a senior at Syracuse, which means you're the best athlete on campus. So Galloway is uh Galloway's dynamite.
1: Yeah, and I mean like you said, he should have been higher, but we'll we'll leave it at that. Um yeah. coming in at seventy six is John Zilberti. Uh and he was another very good guy 258 points in his final two seasons when he was in high school so that means that even before he got to Syracuse you knew that he was going to be amazing um and just the thing is with him he was a very balanced player he could both score and dish the the ball the rock whatever you want to call it um where he could find the open guys and have a good a a good balanced game but the thing is i don't think that he's better than some of the other lacrosse players that we the specifically on the men's side um that we've mentioned on this list so far really it
0: kind of annoys me that he's so low because this he was the feeder uh for basically the gate brothers and marachek second all time in in assists in, in su history and like to me this is just us like waiting goal scoring too heavily like the man had more points than the other three he played with like just because he was the dude passing the ball and not the one putting it in the back of the net I I almost feel like we should hold him kind of up on a a similar pedestal
1: so okay so here's let's let's make a let's make a comparison here so if you have a, a, a basketball player that is averaging eight assists a game or a basketball player that's averaging 16 points per game. Who, who's the better player? I, in I my love... mind, in my mind, it's, it's the, it's the score.
0: Okay. I mean, this is kind of a, a personal thing that I have. Like I, I love your Steve Nash's and your Jason kids and to, to bring it to Syracuse, your Michael Carter Williamses that are going to average around eight assists. But, you know, look, this is it. I I get it. The goal scorers are going to be the guys. But, hey, this is a two-time national champ who played with some of the best players in in Syracuse history, the best goal scorers in Syracuse history, and he's known, rightly so, as the guy who passed them the ball.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) All right. 75 is someone everyone is very familiar with, a recent men's basketball player. It is Tyus Battle. It's an interesting one.
1: I, okay, that, and I, I wrote this article, and of course, go check out all the articles on orangefizz.net um, and follow us on Twitter at orangefizz. Here's the thing with Tyus Battle. He was really good, but he was also, it's it, we we keep going back to, is he better than Louis or is he better than Wes Johnson? <laughs> uh, I give him the Take nod over, I give, I give him the nod over Wes Johnson because, like I said, he, at least he was there for longer. No, disagree. But, okay <laughs> but for louis or no i think louis Orr is the most underrated player on this list uh tyus was good and anybody that's listening to this knows what tyus did you don't have to recount any of the big the big shots like when he had that uh basically buzzer beater there's i think like 2.4 seconds left against georgetown in the carrier dome to get them that win uh, he was a great scorer he was basically the only offensive threat for the orange when he was there especially his sophomore junior and junior year the thing for me is he kind of took a step back from sophomore to junior year he put together the best sophomore campaign any syracuse men's basketball player has had it's a bit in of a hot so- take though In their sophomore year. I mean, if you look at the stats, it's just not a hot take. Uh, But then he kind of took a step back. Not a huge step back his junior year. His assists and rebounds and steals uh, numbers pretty much stayed the same. His points dropped by two or three points per game. So not horrible, but just not as good, and you would like to see an increase from year to year, not a decrease, and that's why it kind of surprises me that he was so high on this list. And I think it's kind of just a recency bias type of deal that is why he he's so high at number seventy-five.
0: No, I'm I'm pretty much with you. That that junior dear uh, junior year dip, that's tough, and and I I'm with you on this. Like that's a big deduction because there were high expectations. Basically, that, that Syracuse team brings everyone back their entire starting five, and it was just a tough and a, a disappointing year uh, where the offense, which it wasn't really good in the year prior, even though they made the Sweet 16, the offense didn't get any better and battle didn't really get any better. And then this is a guy who actually, he's the anti-West Johnson because he leaves for the NBA. And then he doesn't really make it in the NBA. That's where right. you can kind of, I think, take it away from a player like, oh, you left Syracuse, and it it didn't really, you didn't really have a great reason. Not not that I'm going to say Battle like definitively shouldn't have, but still, I mean, it's a player who didn't really develop after his sophomore year like we hoped he would. One thing I will can... add, go ahead, go ahead. I I just want to say he was also really good defensively, and that that could get lost in this kind of thing.
1: He was, and the the one thing that, uh, well, another notch um, to try to knock him down a peg, I guess, is that he had that Sweet 16 run his sophomore year, and then his junior year when he was even more the guy. I mean, he was the guy his sophomore year, but when he even had more on his shoulders his junior year, he got bounced from the NCAA tournament by Baylor in the first round. So you can't say that he has any type of postseason... Win. I mean, he does have a couple, but it's not like his postseason record is that great. That can't really carry him. He has that little dip his junior year. And then, like you said, if you want to wait what he does after Syracuse into the conversation, then that doesn't help him as well. Right. So, go ahead.
0: You make a really good point also about the fact that there weren't a lot of options on those teams. They, They just weren't the most talented teams offensively. So, Tyus was... The number one, he was taking a ton of shots, and he was playing 39 minutes per game. So if you look at the points per game numbers, Tyus comes out looking really, really good. As you said, I mean, his sophomore year, I think he broke the Syracuse record for most points in a sophomore year, Yeah. but the situation was perfect for that to happen, and the numbers are probably a bit overblown compared to the the level that he was playing at. But the like, reason I- I'm okay with him at 75 is because he hit so many clutch shots.
1: Yeah, he was a very clutch player, but the thing is, I would even like I would put Elijah Hughes in front of Tyus Battle, and we'll see if that happens here on the SU top one hundred list. Um, but when Elijah Hughes was, needed to be the guy, he was the guy and carried that team. Tyus Battle, sure, he was the guy, but I don't think he carried them as much as Elijah Hughes did this past season. Uh, but let's keep moving. We have another men's basketball coming in at 74, Jim Beheim, And I think this is – he comes in at 74 as, as the best player in SU history. I think that's because Tyler put him number one, and that just that just changed everything um, because I put him way down the list. I, I don't even think I had him in my top 100. The best thing about Jim Beheim as a basketball player, not as a basketball coach – I I can't take anything away from as him as a coach. He's a national champion in that regard. But the best thing that he did as a basketball player at Syracuse was that his freshman roommate was Dave Bing. Like that's the only like cool thing about his playing days.
0: <laughs> well, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. And, and Come on, I, I ranked him a hundred because I okay. I felt look he doesn't really really he he shouldn't be on this list because he's not a top one hundred SU athlete, but he deserves to be on the list. So that's why I put him at 100. Is that fair? Okay.
1: okay. I, yeah. If, if Sure, he can make the list. I don't think that he should be 74. <laughs> if you want to put him at 100, I'll take that. Uh, but as as it pertains to his
0: basketball career, for a walk-on, he was incredible. If if that okay. means something. I don't know if that means... Yeah. But, you know, he, he averaged 14.6 points per game as a senior. And, I mean, he didn't even get offered a scholarship i mean that that yeah, that's, rarely happens that's,
1: that's, that's cool. great for that's great for a walk-on i just i don't really when i look at who are the best players i don't give extra points just because you're a walk-on and you turn good you should just be be graded based on your production on the court yeah well thank god he made the team right right <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so it's hard and let me just Portray Tyler's uh, argument. He was basically saying, look, this list wouldn't exist without Jim Beheim. Orange Fizz might not exist without Jim Beheim. And he said this on Fizz Radio, uh, which you can check out on SoundCloud, of course. Um, I mean,
1: it makes sense. It makes sense because if he was not in the program, he would not have been, well, he probably would not have become the coach. And without him becoming the coach, Syracuse basketball doesn't become what it is. They don't win a championship. Syracuse isn't really a big city that is known. It's mostly known because of the university. It all makes sense. But just grading him as an individual, like as an actual player, you just can't compare him with some of these other guys that are. And and women that are absolutely freak athletes.
0: Yep, it's all interpretation. Uh, moving yep. on to number seventy three, um, the first men's football player that we have here it is linebacker Zaire Franklin. I'm not I'm not in on this ranking, Jaron. I I've, <laughs> I'm gonna let you guess what my issues are if I think it's too high too low.
1: Well, he wasn't on a good team. I mean, he like he was at the beginning of the Dino Babers and also he was with Scott Schaefer, but like he was a great individual player on a bad team during a bad time for the organization and he's just not better than any of the other football players that have already been on this list. I don't I don't get it. I think that there's some recency bias for it. I mean, those are my mm-hmm. issues. I, I don't know if you share any of them.
0: Yeah, way too high. W- way too high. You just look at like what he's accomplished. His best honor was when he was a junior and he was third team all ACC. So this is a guy who's n- never made an all-American team, never been first team all ACC. Then senior year he was an all ACC honorable mention. Like that's just not enough. You got to give me more than that.
1: But hey, he never missed a game.
0: Right. No, that's <laughs> that's the best The best part of Zaire Franklin is that he was a three-year captain, which is super rare. I mean, you don't—if you look around the locker room and you're like, oh, I think that sophomore should be one of our captains. Like, that's impressive. That is very rare. And Zaire made 39 starts, so he was just an absolute rock at that position, which has been a carousel ever since he's left.
1: But you got to
0: give me more than longevity and— He's just I don't think I love Zaire Franklin and by the way, he's actually doing a pretty good job at the NFL. He's at least like holding his roster spot down with uh Indianapolis, but he's if he's on the list, he should be lower.
1: Well, okay, so it kind of you just alluded to your argument earlier of what is he what has he done after Syracuse to bring the orange legacy on and he has had a pretty good NFL career and comparatively, at least to recent Syracuse grads and recent Syracuse players moving on to the NFL. There hasn't really been too many great SU players that are currently in the league. I think, at least in my opinion, Riley Dixon is probably the best SU grad that is currently in the NFL. Maybe I'm missing someone, um, but it seems like there's a handful of wide receivers that bounce around here and there, maybe make the practice squad, maybe make the full roster, and then get cut, whatever it may be. Chandler Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I missed that one. Chandler Jones is obviously number one. That's a good that's a good find. But still, um Zaire Franklin, I would probably put him in I would have to see a full list in the top five of recent people to graduate from Syracuse and move on to the NFL and stay in the NFL. But like you said, I think it's way too high for him. I don't think he was that standout of a player. And if he was on any of the if he was born a couple years earlier and was in like the heyday of Syracuse football, he would be a completely different player and have a completely different resume because he would have those wins, um, might have a couple bowl wins under his belt, whatever it may be. I think his ranking would have changed if he was born um, a a little earlier or a little later. Um, But let's move on to 72, Marvin Graves. Uh, Listen again, I don't know if 72 is a good ranking um, for him because he was uh, he was a he was a good quarterback he don't get me wrong but there are at least in my opinion better quarterbacks in su history that should be on this list and maybe i'm telling too much that might not make the list
0: maybe Uh, the tough thing with quarterbacks is the game has changed so much so marvin graves when he graduated was the all-time leader in passing yards that record just had no chance to, to stay because the game just (laughs) completely changed. So I see what you're saying. It's really difficult to say at the end of the day, like, you know, the quarterback position is so important. And when you start at quarterback for four years, I must feel like maybe you should automatically be on here.
1: Really? So if, so if Tommy DeVito starts for the next three years, you're going to put no. him on this
0: list? No, but Marvin Graves had a 10 and 2 season in 91. He broke records at the time. He went to the the he played, you know, he was a good CFL quarterback, which perfectly kind of sums up how we feel about him. Like he was a pro, but I I just yeah. think there aren't a lot of quarterbacks you can go through history. Like there aren't a lot of guys who who Compile as many wins as Marvin Graves who start for four years. It's not like they I, don't exist, but they're not, you know, they don't come around like every day.
1: Yeah. Okay. And he did. Let me, let me also say he did have three bowl wins. So that, that also does help. I mean, winning three bowls in four years to a current Syracuse fan blows your mind right? because that hasn't happened in forever. So he he was a i'm not going to say that he was a bad player um and i also won't say that he doesn't deserve to be on the list i absolutely think he does i just think that 72 might be a little too no, high no you know for what him. i, I think, agree i think i think a couple of the syracuse specifically the basketball players um w- had a better tenure than him so i don't i don't know 72 seems a little too high for me
0: would it change your mind if I told you that he his touchdown to interception ratio over the four years was forty eight to forty
1: five? Uh, that would make me actually uh, put him off the list. That is that sounds atrocious. You win three bowls, but you have that you're you're basically one to one on touchdowns and interceptions. That's yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I was
0: yeah I was shocked when I saw that, but the times have changed. <laughs> Yeah. Like you can't do that anymore. No, it's true. You can't do that anymore. Like you're benched. If if you do that,
1: if Tom, yeah. If Tommy DeVito did that, like it, whoever, like pick any of the backups, they will throw them in. Even Justin Lampsum, who's not even at Syracuse yet, just throw him in there because he would take Tommy DeVito's spot.
0: Incredible. All right. 71 is, is someone who's not done yet with the women's basketball program, Tiana Mangakahia. Um, I mean, this is someone in two years with Syracuse has already done so much and shattered records already. And it's probably like headline number one, perhaps what I'm looking forward to in, uh, in next season for, for Syracuse. Uh, hopefully, you know, there is a season, but it's Tiana Mungakahi and what she does in her last year of eligibility.
1: Yeah, so the thing that obviously stinks and absolutely stinks is that she couldn't play last year. So uh, because she had a bout with cancer... So luckily that, and, and we're extra, obviously very happy that she beat that. Um, and she's back and she's going to play with the orange this upcoming year. She's released some videos and I'm sure you've seen them Gil on, on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, um, of her shooting. And she, it looks like she hasn't missed a beat that she just took an entire year off from the sport and looks like she's already back in all American, all ACC type of caliber Uh, But listen, I think Tiana Mangakahia is one of the most underrated players uh, right next to Louis Orr on this list. I think that she easily should have been top 50, if not way farther down the list, um, or I guess higher, whichever way you want to, however you want to phrase it. But she was an honorable mention All-American last year or two years ago as a junior Um, She was all American honorable mention by another one a Nancy Lieberman point guard award top five finalist. She was one of the best point guards in the entire country her junior year her sophomore year the same thing first team all American. Um, She was top 10 for the best point guard in the country. She ever since she got to Syracuse has been not only the best player on Syracuse, but also one of the best players in the entire country um she can pass the ball she can shoot she can get to the rim she can finish on the inside even though she's only five six um and she's also just an amazing person if you've ever had a, a conversation or an interview with her like she's just awesome always upbeat always happy i think she should have been higher 71 for her um i think is a little underrating her and hopefully this senior year that she has upcoming and again like like we said, hopefully there is one, she can prove us wrong and and earn a higher ranking than 71.
0: Right. I mean, even though she's not done yet, 71 is kind of a crime. Yeah. If you look at the two most important stats for a point guard, it's it's pretty easy, right? Points, assists. assists. Right. She's the fastest player in program history to 1,000 points, and she's already SU's all-time assists leader. It's like I don't know what she can do statistically. The only thing you can take away— from Tiana Mangakai is that they only have one tournament win in the last two years. But if you look at this this program, Coach Q no, yeah. I mean, look, Coach Q is just getting better and better and better and better. The program is getting more and more robust. But look at the history of this program. You don't have you don't have these teams going deep in the tournament for the most no, I can... part.
1: I can name like three or four women's basketball players that, number one, have the resume to make this list, and then number two, have a a tournament win under their belt, or a couple tournament wins under their belt. Tournament wins for at least the women's basketball players on this list should not count for them, or again, well, I guess it can count for them, but not against them, because the, the program, like you said, just hasn't been that great until Coach Q is here, has got here, and once he got here, it's just taken him some time to build it up.
0: Yeah, and and he's doing it, but it you're absolutely right. Like the no one has really tournament wins unless you're unless you're on um the 2016 Final Four run team. Right. How right. about like I mean, just this stat line? You really can't ask for much more as a sophomore. 16.9 points, 8.4 assists. 4.9 rebounds. They go 25 and 9 and they're a number 3 seed. Tiana yeah. leads the nation in assists per game. And then junior year she pretty much has the same stats, a slight downtick, but she also has 40 less turnovers.
1: Like if you're averaging over the over your course and you still have another year under the under your belt, you're averaging not over 9 assists per, per game and over 17 points per game as a sophomore and junior and you haven't even touched your senior year and you're in the top 20 for all time scorers and you're pretty close to the others to, (laughs) to make it to top five, if not to the top spot, like she's when she is said and done, she's going to be on the top of almost every important statistical category for a point guard, um, in the SU record book and putting her at 71, is like you said a, a crime in my opinion. Well, look, Darren. I,
0: I kind of like this. Okay, we have Louis Orr in the 90s, Wesley oh Johnson God. in the 80s, and Tiana in the 70s. So every 10, there just needs to be one outrageous ranking that we get upset about, and uh, you know, let's let's keep it going. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm sure it will continue.
1: Hopefully, hopefully it does not continue, and we will be coming out with the next grouping of 20 here on the Fizzcasts that you can find on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz in SoundCloud. Um, later this week, numbers 70 to 61 will be released. But for Gil and for Jaron, we're going to wrap this one up. Make sure you go check out all of our articles on orangefizz.net. Follow us on Twitter at orangefizz and go find all of our Fizz casts on SoundCloud by searching Orange Fizz. But we're going to wrap it up. Everyone have a nice night. We will see you all very soon.